What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. Six. Welcome back, everyone, to the 643 Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Dylan Short, brought to you by 680 The Fan and the Dickey Broadcasting Corporation, found on the Podcast Park, along with all of your favorite other 680 hosts, aside from me. Now, I know I'm your favorite, but you can find other ones like Chris Domino or Kevin McAlpin, Matt Chernoff. Uh, I believe Hoyt and Lowe's have something on there as well, but all sorts of shows can be found at the Podcast Park or wherever you choose to listen to your favorite podcasts. So kind of a i don't want to say if he so kind of a, a split week we'll say from the last time we did the show on thursday kind of a split weekend for the braves they go down to miami take two out of three from the fish which was really nice to see it was the only the third series they've won this season which thank the lord they were able to beat miami uh had a chance at a sweep but we know the braves typically aren't a team that's going to sweep uh came back home yesterday to begin a four game set with philadelphia and game one got off the rails in a hurry essentially nothing that they were looking to do worked out at all yesterday as the braves fall seven to three in a game that really wasn't even that close at, at, at no point did it look like the braves were in it at all um tucker davidson making his second start of the season did not go very well for him went two and two-thirds innings Give up four hits, five runs, all of which were earned off of the backs of four walks and two strikeouts. Jesse Chavez came in to relieve him, did not do much better. In an inning and two-thirds of his own, gave up five hits, two earned runs, two walks of his own. Now, if you want a bright uh, silver lining, after that, everybody performed pretty well as far as the relievers went. But unfortunately, when you get buried uh, at that point, I believe seven to seven to nothing at one point, and then it was seven to one, and then the Braves... Uh, Scored in the 7th and 8th as well to make it 7-3. to three. Uh, Unfortunately, just overall, poor showing across the board. Bad defense. Um, questionable base running. And I won't say base running. It was a questionable sin by Ron Washington on William Contreras, who made his first start in left field. Uh, didn't look great out there. But first time playing in the outfield. And, and the Braves have been having to kind of make some changes to the way that they're running guys out there right now. Um 
But he, he did go two for four, which was the reason he was in left field in the first place was to get his bat in the lineup. Goes two for four as he's just been on a roller coaster this season. Uh, now hitting 270, 357 with a 784 slugging. That's good for an 1141 OPS. Uh, leads all catchers in home runs despite only playing in, I want to say, 12 games, 12 or 13 games. Um, just been just been outstanding at the plate. Had to find a way to get him in the lineup, so I like letting him play left field. Um, you're, despite what anybody wants to say, putting him in there versus Marcelo Zuna, you're not really exchanging anything, even if Contreras doesn't know how to read a fly ball very well. Uh, just the fact that you don't have guys taking extra bases on Marcelo Zuna because he can't hit the cutoff man because his arm is not strong enough, and Dansby has to run out more than halfway down the left field to meet the cutoff throw. You're, it's, it's kind of a wash. Not, not to mention that Marcelo Zuna is just not a good defensive outfielder. Even if you want to say that his routes are fine, he's in the fifth percentile on outfielder jump, 22nd in, out, in outs above average. Just not a good defender. So you got to try something. Travis Demerit, after being outstanding coming up and riding one of the best hot streaks we've seen for a little while, uh, has has kind of, I don't want to say cooled off. That would be an embarrassment to the term cooled off. He's gone ice cold. Uh, he's now been sent to the bench. That's why Contreras is in the outfield and Ozuna returns to the DH role, uh, which I think is something that you should try in the long run. It kind of, more than anything though, it kind of shows you how desperate this team is by the lineups that are getting rolled out. Not only did you have Contreras in left field, but Snick went around and changed the lineup again. It was still Acuna leading off as he went 0 for 5 with 2Ks. But Contreras got moved up to the 2-hole. Ozuna moved up to the 3. Darno at cleanup. Olsen dropped to 5. Ozzy at 6. Riley dropped all the way down to 7th. He did go 2 for 4 yesterday with a ribby, so we'll see how that goes. Did have 2 more strikeouts, though, which is starting to become a bit of a problem for Austin this year. Um, Duvall, 8th, and Dansby, ninth. Dansby also with a 2-hit game. As uh, You're kind of seeing Snit trying to just press buttons to find something that's working, because right now... There's just no consistency from this team. In fact, the only measure of consistency they've had is their inconsistency. With how bad they've played at times and how well the offense has done at times, even just the law of averages, you figure the Braves would have gone on a run at some point. Not the case. The Braves have still not won or lost three games in a row. Now, they've lost their last two, so they'll be looking to max free tonight against Kyle Gibson to kind of change that and make sure that, uh, make sure that that trend keeps going because you don't want to lose three in a row. Uh, and Gibson has pitched fairly well this season, I guess, for Philadelphia. Um, Max has traditionally struggled against Philadelphia. We'll see if he can kind of shake those woes tonight. Uh, the Braves need him to go out there and be Max Freed as they just can't figure out the fifth starter spot. Shocking, seeing as they have uh, maybe a perfect candidate that's on the big league roster. I don't know. Maybe maybe just put Spencer Strider in there and give the universe what it's clearly been asking for. As Spencer Strider has been incredible in the bullpen. Uh, and you've had no luck with anybody, whether it be Waskar Noah, Tucker Davidson, Kyle Muller, or Bryce Elder in the fifth starter spot. So maybe give Spencer Strider an actual starting opportunity, see how far he can go, and see how long he can keep his, his velo and his command on point. If he can give you five, six innings, then you're good there. Even if he only gives you five innings, it's not like you aren't already making the fifth day uh, a quasi-bullpen game. So just let him start. I'm... I'm so tired of this. I know you need relievers. I know. I get it. It's a lot easier to replace a reliever than it is to replace a starter. And if Spencer can hold down the starting role, that means the guys that you were using in the fifth starter role can take Spencer's spot in the bullpen, which would be a very nice adjustment to make. Instead of messing around with your offense, which I don't really know 
how jumbling around an offense of guys that aren't performing very well is actually going to change anything. Most of your starters, you're, you're, you have two guy or three guys that are hitting 270 plus. Everybody else is outside of that. You got Matt Olson now at 244, Ozzy at 240, Riley at 231, Duvall at 193, Swanson at 236, Ozuna at 232. Of those guys, the more important stat there, OBP, Ozuna at 273, Darno at 308 despite his 270 average. So he's not really walking. Olson's at 364. That's that's. Very good. He's he's not hitting well, but at least he's getting on base. Ozzy, 290. Riley, 313. Duval, 256. Swanson, 306. Going to slugging, not much better. You've got Ozuna, 409. Darno, 450. Olsen, 423. Ozzy, 395. Riley, 444. Duval, 283. And Dansby at 403. That is not good, and that is not the way that this team is actually supposed to play. That's not the way that they were built. They were designed to be a power-hitting ball club. Now, obviously, Major League Baseball changing the baseball has put a damper on that a little bit, and it's caused a lot of players to not be playing so well or playing the way that they should be, but it's not just that. Guys like Matt Olson, who are traditionally big bombers, a guy that I genuinely thought could hit 50 home runs this year, has just been beating everything into the ground. And that's been part of the problem for a lot of these guys. A lot of it is also players pressing too much at the plate and swinging at anything that they think their bat can touch, a la Ozzy Albies. Uh, Austin Riley has kind of gotten caught up swinging at the slider, swinging and missing at the slider, I should say, again. Uh, and, and just overall, the offense has looked disjointed. The whole team has essentially looked disjointed. I, I mentioned it the last three or four episodes that we've had that no part of this team seems to be able to play together at the same time. You can have multiple areas of the team struggling at the same time, but it doesn't seem like any of them can go on a run at the same time, uh, which is eerily similar to last season. The difference is the Mets are a much better team than they were last season as the Braves now find themselves nine games back in the division, which is uh, a thing that they didn't really have last year. I don't believe they were at nine games back at any point last season. I could be wrong on that, but I don't believe at any point last season they were nine games back of the lead. That is not a good place to be. Now, granted, you don't have to win the division to get to the postseason. You do have an extra wild card spot to get into as well, but that's not what the Braves are looking to do, and it's not what they should look to do. It's not what this roster should be doing. This is a far more talented lineup and a far more talented roster overall than somebody that should just be kind of battling for the final wild card spot in the playoffs this is a team that should be at the top of the division now we can argue about why they're not but it's pretty simple they're just not playing like a very good baseball team the talent has not mattered they've just been a bad baseball team and maybe this is something that's that's one of the reasons why it's so hard to repeat in major league baseball maybe there's that sense of complacency after just accomplishing it that that feat of winning the world series last year you don't have the same drive the same hunger you can say that you want to go back and win back to back and you always want to win and every player always wants to win but there is that there is something to to saying that once you get to that top of the mountain you don't have that same drive because now you've been there and you were just there it's it's, it's a lot harder to repeat than it is to win the first time uh, now certainly I don't want to. I don't want to just sound the alarms and you know say the sky is falling. There, there's still plenty of time this season to turn it around, obviously. But they're going to have to do something incredibly important, and that is going to be win some games against some under 500 competition. The Braves have a really easy part of their schedule now and for the foreseeable future, as you have the you have three more games against the Phillies, three more against the Marlins. 
Then you play the Diamondbacks to end out May. After the Diamondbacks, you have the Rockies. Then you have the Athletics. Then you have the Pirates. Then you have the Nationals. Then you have the Cubs. You don't play another good baseball team until June 20th. Now, granted, that's going to be a tough stretch where you get four against the Giants and three against the Dodgers. But up until then, look at these series. You've got the Marlins, bad team. Diamondbacks, bad team. Rockies, been playing way better than they're supposed to be, but not a good team either. Athletics, awful team. Pirates, awful. Nationals, awful. Cubs, awful. This is the opportunity for the Braves. They have to take advantage. I don't even want to say it's an opportunity. These, This is like a must-go-on-a-run situation here. Like, if the Braves don't do well, and not, not just, like, go above 500 or split this whole set, if they don't win significant games in this stretch, then I don't know how you can look at this team and think they're going to do anything in the postseason or, frankly, even get there. Because similarly to last season, I do think this team is built better, at least pitching-wise, for a postseason run. Because Max has been very good. Kyle Wright has been very good. Although the last couple times out, he's been he's, he's struggled for what he's been this season. But he's still been exceptional. Charlie Morton has looked like he's kind of figured it out. Ian Anderson has, has been better his last few times out. You, you feel good about not having to use a fist starter once you get to the postseason, but you got to get to the postseason in order to, for that to matter. In your bullpen, you don't have Tyler Matzik anymore. You don't have Luke Jackson anymore, so you're having to try to figure out what you're going to do there. Uh, and you haven't really had – you've had Will Smith kind of struggling at times. A.J. Minter's been lights out, but he can't pitch every single day, obviously. Kinley Jansen has been lights out, but again, can't throw him every single day. Outside of that, O'Day has been hit or miss, mostly miss. Uh, Jesse Chavez has been almost entirely miss. Uh, Tyler Thornburg was DFA'd to make room for Tucker Davidson, I believe, and Snicker showed no inkling to use him anyway. So you got to try to figure some things out. Spencer Strider tends to only get used in situations that prevent him from starting uh, from his, his supposed next start. So you got to figure out something here. And if that's going to be through the trade market, we talked a little bit about that Thursday, about you know a guy like Manuel Margot, uh, which I wrote in, in the piece. Margot would be a guy that I would think that Alex is probably going to be looking at pretty heavily. I think a fifth starter, somebody who's, who's not necessarily high-end, but somebody that can fit would be nice. Um, maybe they try to pilfer the Cincinnati Reds who are bad. Maybe they go after Tyler Malley and just say that we're, we're just going to have good starters one through five. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I think they'll go after another outfielder. I've talked about Margot, Andrew Benintendi, um, maybe a Robbie Grossman, although he's not performing all that well. It does hurt that pretty much all of Major League Baseball is suffering right now. Everybody seems to be struggling, uh, at least guys that would theoretically be available. Uh, so I, I, I don't have any great answers this year. There, there's not something you, you really can just look at and say, they got to play better. I mean, I can talk about bad bullpen decisions and, and lineups and whatever from Brian Snicker, but at a certain point, like, the players have to play. And it hasn't mattered who Snit has put in the lineup and where he's put him in at the lineup. They've, the offense has just been awful. There's no other way around it. The offense has been bad for pretty much all of the season. And you can point to the expected stats, and that's awesome. I'm glad they're up at the top in something, even if it's in theoretical stats. But... Again, like I've said numerous times now, at a certain point, that has to translate to the field. And if it's not going to translate to the field, then it's not, it's not worthwhile. It's, then it, it, it's just an aberration. It's just a mirage. It's just one of those fun things with statistics. You, have to, you can dig deeper on that. And I'm sure if you dig deep far enough there, you'll, you'll pick that apart too. Um, and right now, you've got Austin Riley and Matt Olson in deep, deep slumps. And that is 
not a good sign for this offense. Ronald Acuna has been doing pretty well coming back. He's still kind of getting the power aspect of his game back. He really hasn't been hitting for a ton of power. Uh, so that's that's coming. He'll get there. He's still getting on base and stealing bases, which he, he's still affecting the game. It's still much better to see him in the field than, than not on the field. It helps the Braves out immeasurably there as they really just had to figure out left field now. Um, but you got to figure out something else. You got to figure out a fifth starter. For God's sake, give Strider the opportunity. Make him, Let him fail before you just don't give him the opportunity. It's not like if he doesn't do well, you can't just put him right back into the bullpen. So until then, maybe see if you can get a fifth starter in there who's going to have an ERA under six. That'd be nice to see for once. Um, but you got to you gotta take, you got to start that off tonight against Kyle Gibson. Gibson's not a good pitcher. He's doing okay this year. But Kyle Gibson, traditionally, is not a, is not a very good pitcher. Uh, the Braves should not, theoretically anyway, should not have much of an issue with Kyle Gibson. But the Braves have had issues with basically everybody this year, so I'm not going to count my chickens before they hatch here. Now, yesterday, if you're gonna, if you're going to be very bad, and you're going to hurt yourself a lot, and you're going to have a very ugly game, it's better to do that against Zach Wheeler, who you're probably not going to beat anyway. Now, you do, you do hate that you wasted an eight-hit performance against Zach Wheeler. As the Braves actually out-hit Philadelphia yesterday. The Braves had 11 hits. It was just all disjointed with bad base running and bad defense and bad pitching across the board. So games like that, better to have that against a guy that you likely weren't going to beat anyway. Yes, it sucks that you missed an opportunity to beat that guy, but if you're going to play that badly, I'd rather you play that badly against Zach Wheeler than against Kyle Gibson. And when you look at Kyle Gibson, overall, not, not, a, bad, not a bad start to the season for him. But he's not a guy that should be going out there and shutting anybody down. He's not a guy that has premium stuff. He's not a guy that scares you. He's not a guy that you would say is a top guy in any sort of rotation. And if the Phillies had good starting pitchers, he would be probably fifth in their rotation. Would not be near the top, I'll say that. Um, but the Phillies don't have good pitching outside of Zach Wheeler. And you look at him, ZRA's 398 for Gibson. It's not a great ERA, but it, you know, under four, whatever. If you look at his StatCast data, basically everything is in the exact, the exact middle other than his fastball velocity. He's a guy that this Braves team can look at and try to get right against. He's, he's been consistent in what he's allowed pretty much his entire career. He's always kind of been the same guy. Um, just He's at least consistent in the way that he kind of throws the ball. Uh, but he's, he's a guy that I would expect the Braves offense, if they were performing right, if they were hitting the way that they should be hitting, I would kind of look at this as a guy that they should feast upon. Uh, I don't know what we're going to see today. I, the lineups haven't been announced yet. I would like to see William Contreras in the lineup again. Uh, I know there was a couple times out there in left field that he kind of struggled, but I'm more times than not, you get a routine play in left field. More times than not, the ball is hit to where it's a routine play. So I'm not all that worried about bad jumps. I'm not all that worried of the fact that he's not going to be making any diving plays out there. He has an arm that means that, that you'll have to at least respect the fact that he can throw you out if you try to get greedy on the bases. Uh, and really, quite frankly, you need his bat in the lineup. You have to have his bat in the lineup right now. It's, it's that bad. Uh, Orlando Arcia, who has actually been maybe the best hitter for the Braves this year, can't seem to buy himself an at-bat at all anymore. That's one of those weird things from Snicker that I don't quite understand. He'll ride guys that are struggling all the way through, but give him somebody who's actually been performing well, and you've got Arcia, who currently is at 316, 386 OBP, a 447 slug, and 833 OPS. Currently, he has played 13 games this year. He has 38 at-bats. That is one more at-bat than William Contreras. 
Um, I'm, I'm not quite sure why that's happened. Ozzy has played 42 games right now. The Braves have played 42 games. You think at some point maybe you would give Ozzy a day off uh, or, or even Dansby, who's also played every game. I think that's also part of it is you've got Olsen, Ozzy, Dansby, Marcel have played every single game this year. Uh, Riley and Duvall have played 41 of 42 games. So you've got guys that aren't performing and you're not giving them any time off. You're still just running them out there day in and day out. Now I get it to a degree from Brian Snicker. Duvall has to play every day. Uh, I, I guess you could throw. Uh, I mean, you could put Guillermo Heredia out there. Uh, he's not really performing any better, but it might be nice just to give Duvall a day off here or there. But Ozuna playing every game this season. Now, he split some time with DH, obviously, and he's, he's, but he's mostly been in left field. You can't be having him do that. He's not really hitting very well. He's been better lately, but he hasn't hit well this season to where he's earned every game playing privileges. Austin Riley has not been performing well lately. He's been really, really struggling, so maybe a day off for him would be a good thing. RC is a guy that can play third. He can play short. He can play second. He can play the corners, whatever. You got to find some way to get these guys days off if they're not performing. If they're on hot stretches, then fine. I get it. But when you got this many guys who are riding the struggle bus this hard, at some point, you got to give them a day off. And part of it is, is you don't have anybody to really go in that you feel great about. But if you're willing to punt a game in the third inning because you're down, why not go ahead and take some of these guys out of the game and give them some time off their feet? I mean, at some point, if you're going to if you're gonna wave the white flag in terms of the, the relievers that you put in the game, just go ahead and take some of these guys out of the ballgame. Get them off their feet for a little bit. Maybe, maybe understand that, that you do have to give some guys days off at some point and, and see if you can kind of give them a reset. I don't know the right method to this. I, if I had all the answers to this, I wouldn't be talking about this on a podcast. I'd be, you know, with a team right now. Unfortunately, you just you just don't have that going right now. Uh, you're going to turn to Max and hope that Max can do ace things tonight and lock up this Phillies offense. They're not a great offense. Again, if you look at the two teams side by side, they're not they're not all that dissimilar. When you look at their their rankings hitting wise, uh, the Phillies have done pretty well offensively speaking. Uh, fifth in average, eighth in runs scored, sixth in hits, and then you kind of get uh, fourth in slugging, seventh in homers. That tends to be what they do. They're 14th in on base percentage, which lets you know they're very aggressive. They're going to strike out a fair bit. They're not really looking to walk with a couple guys, with a couple of exceptions, Harper and Schwarber in particular. The Braves' offense, on the other hand, 24th in average, 19th in runs scored, 22nd in hits, 20th in OBP. 12th in slugging, 5th in home runs, but just can't string anything together. Uh, Pitching-wise, this is where the Braves, you feel, on paper, should have an advantage. Uh, And the Phillies are not a good pitching ball club. They're not a good defensive ball club. This is why they lose so many games where they score like 5 or more runs. 17th in ERA, 19th in whip, 17th in walks, 6th in strikeouts for them, 21st in batting average against, 19th in runs against, Fifth and homers allowed. So that's one thing they do well. Contrast that with the Braves. 20th in ERA, 21st in whip, 14th in walks, 4th in strikeouts. So they, they strike out a lot of people. 13th in batting average against, 21st in runs against. That's not good. But not the best in baseball at not allowing home runs. So you would think, looking at that, that the Braves would have a little bit of an advantage there, at least something they could turn to. Unfortunately, it just hasn't gone that way for really any stretch of this season. And I'm running out of things to really talk about with this. I'm running out of things. I'm running out of, of, of kind of running out of patience, to be honest. It, it doesn't, 
I'm in a weird situation. I know a lot of you are too, where I'm tired of watching this team play this badly. I'm, I've turned off more games this year than, than I have generally. I did the same last year, but, but not, not at this rate where the Braves are playing horrendously, but I don't find myself as angry about it as I was last year. And I think that's a, I think that's a function of just coming off of the world series victory. I think if anything, I'm more exasperated than anything. It's, it's just disappointing. It's just, I don't want to watch them play bad baseball over and over and over. I want them to go on some sort of run to give me some sort of reason to want to watch them night in and night out other than because I have to prep for the show. Like I, I want to be able to genuinely enjoy watching the Braves play baseball in too many nights. They're just an, un, they're just an uninspiring ball club to watch. They're just a bad team to watch for so many nights. And it, it, it drives you crazy just because there's no excuse for a team that has Ronald Acuna and Ozzy Albies and Austin Riley and Matt Olson to be such a, a bad team to watch at the very least they should be exciting and most nights they just aren't it's just a tough team to watch play baseball consistently and that's I need that to change in a hurry and I talked about it last week I don't know if you say that losing Freddie has anything to do with this because they did the same thing last year with Freddie but you do look at Freddie this year and if there's one thing I'll say uh, 149 WRC plus that Freddie Freeman has that look mighty fine in his lineup right about now um, and, and you'd think that maybe having Freddie would be kind of something for some sort of consistency to rely on for this ball club. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Clearly something is going on because while they're struggling very similarly to last year, it's in different ways. And it's just, I, it, I, it just drives you crazy. You can kind of hear it in my voice. I guess I just don't have any great things to say right now about this ball club, other than some of the surprise stories like your Kyle Wrights or guys taking good steps forward like Max Freed, or when you see guys like Ronald Acuna looking like he's going to try to get 60 stolen bases this year. Like, there's there's individual performances here and there, but overall, it's just a it's just a grind to watch these guys night in and night out. Let's hope they can start to change that a little bit. If you're going to change it, this is the run to do it on. This, this stretch of games up until June 20th for basically a full month here, for a full calendar month, you get teams that are bad baseball teams. This is your chance to do something. Change the narrative a little bit. Go on a little bit of a run. Spark a little bit here. For God's sake, do something. Give me something to be excited about. It all starts tonight in game two against Kyle Gibson. Uh, if the Braves can score first and you like their chances, that tends to be what they tend to do. If the Braves score first, they tend to win games. If they don't score first, they tend to lose the game. And I think if you look up and down baseball, it's probably pretty similar, but it seems more accentuated with this Braves team as they, they tend to press a fair bit. We'll see what they can muster tonight against Kyle Gibson. But for now, I'm going to go ahead and put an end to this show. We'll be back again on Thursday. So thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully the Braves can right the ship a little bit tonight against Kyle Gibson. Max Freed can go out there and be typical ace Max Freed. Who knows? We'll discuss it on Thursday right here on the 643 Podcast. That's all, folks. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. 
Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. 